Hey, thanks for checking out this sermon. It's designed to help you take your next step with Jesus. And if you need additional help on how to do that, we have a Next Steps page on our website that you can check out. Also, if you haven't been able to attend a service at any one of our campuses recently and participate in the time of giving, you can give anytime you want online by visiting our Give page or by texting to give. We hope that God speaks to you in this sermon. Take care. Well, hello everyone. It's good to see you on this Labor Day weekend. I'd like to especially greet uh, those of you who are not with us live, but uh, you actually are live because you're streaming online from somewhere in the world. Uh, those of you in the incarcerated church that are reading these notes to your Bible study and to your group, uh, we're, we pray for you all the time, and let's all settle down and begin to study this scripture that we've been on now for three weekends where uh, when Jesus was on planet Earth, he said, now listen, if you want to love God like he wants to be loved, you need to love him with everything you are, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now last weekend we talked about loving God with all of our heart. So where's your heart? Point to your heart. Come on. There it is, all right. Uh, and then uh, next weekend we're gonna talk about loving God with all of our mind. Where's your mind? All right, and so today, however, we're gonna talk about loving God with all of our soul, point to your soul. Yeah, all right, so that's a little different. Uh, where exactly is my soul? Uh, so today we're gonna take a stab at that question, uh, specifically so that we can answer the question, how would I love God with all of my soul? All right, so what is a soul? Uh, one of the things we can look to uh, uh, it, 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 to see if we understand something in, in the modern context is just pop culture. And so uh, we use the word soul a lot uh, in, our, in our everyday language. We talk about, uh, oh, she met her soulmate. And uh, that's always a good thing. And uh, it's like, you know, she met this guy that's like absolutely, they are just perfect for each other. And uh, so they, they just connect at, at, at every level. So soulmate, we talk about uh, soul food. And if you live in the Bay Area and you haven't gone to a soul food restaurant, you are missing out. And actually the East Bay uh, has some of the best soul food restaurants in the world. And uh, what's soul food? What, what are you gonna see on a, soul, a menu at a soul food restaurant, like Lena's Kitchen in East Oakland? Where, if you go in there, what are you gonna see on the menu? You're going to see fried chicken, collard greens, mashed potatoes. Hmm? You're making me hungry. Uh, and then you're going to have dessert. What are you going to have for dessert? Banana pudding, 
sweet potato pie, soul food made from the soul of whoever's back there in the kitchen, and it feeds your soul, and you eat a lot of it, and then they wheel you out to the curb and uh, <laughs> put you in your car. So there's a soul made, there's soul food, and we have soul music. Uh, we just lost Aretha Franklin, the, the queen of soul, and uh, a genre of music that... Uh, you know, was born in the churches, but really perfected in the clubs. Memphis, uh, Birmingham, uh, Detroit, uh, soul, uh, soul music. So we kind of get it, that it's, it's that food, it's that friend, it's that music that, that takes us deeper and uh, to, a, to a good, satisfying place. All right, but since we're in church, let's also go to the Bible. Uh, the word soul in the New Testament is usually the Greek word suke. And you don't have to remember that, but you can, you can see how it is the, re, the root word of our word uh, psychology. And it's, it's, it's where we identify that there need to be doctors that work on more than just the body. Because there's a big, the bigger part of us, actually, uh, is ourself our, or our soul. And the Old Testament word used over 700 times in the Old Testament is the word Nefesh, and uh, nefesh is translated in a lot of different ways, but it basically means us, our, our life, our, uh, what is it about us that makes us human, and what is it about us that uh, it has to be fed, uh, not just physically, but in emotional ways. So nefesh is used all over the Old Testament. A couple of examples that might help uh, us understand even what it means the children of Israel, they're in Exodus, and they, they're eating manna every day, every day. And they're surviving, but it's just, ugh. And uh, it's good to be alive, but they complain to Moses, and they go, this food is robbing us, uh, robbing our nefesh. It's, it's, it's robbing our souls. Uh, in Egypt, we were slaves, but man, we had some great melons and onions and peppers, and we were able to mix food together. And this is so boring. And uh, so that kind of g gets us into, oh, okay, so the soul is, can even be fed through uh, the body. When we read uh, the Song of Solomon, th there's a lot there about the soul, a soul of a man calling out to the soul of a woman, and, and she responds, you know, you are the one that my nefesh loves and, and, and connects with. Um, and our nephesh is what really connects with God. Psalm 119, you read it in English, and once again, it's kind of plain vanilla. Let me live that I might worship you. But when you, when you translate the Hebrew out and make it more literal, it really says, let my soul thrive that it might worship you. Uh, as if my soul is, a, is an, 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 an it. And it is. It's the deepest uh, part of me. It's the part that... Um, a good movie can, uh, can, can do something to my soul, you, even if you've seen it before, especially if you've seen it before, and you want to watch it again because you want to repeat uh, that feeling. But also, if you're a fan of uh, a certain sports team, a, 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 tight, a, a playoff game can affect your soul, and it is affecting your soul, so get out of the way. Stop walking in front of the television. Uh, I'm having a religious experience here that you may or may not understand. Uh, you can listen to an old song that can stir soul memories from, from uh, way back in time. And of course, getting out into creation 
is one of the best things uh, for your soul. I hope you had some fun this summer. Fortunately, you live in California, so the fun never stops. Uh, I got away, Brenda and I got away to Montana this time. And uh, I wasn't catching a lot of fish in that river, but man, my soul was being fed all day long. And it was more than just being out in creation. It was actually communing with and talking to and singing to God about what he had created there on both sides. You know, because when you stand in a river, you're, you're in a canyon and you're, it's, just the, oh, it's, just, it's just the best. I need to be a better fisherman, but it doesn't really matter because you just get out there and, uh, and, and you, you have a worship experience, uh, an awareness, and even an appreciation of these addictive soul uh, moments. And different experiences feed different souls in different ways. Uh, like the other day when my younger friend, his soul just jumped when this girl finally said that she would go out with him. And he had been talking to me about this girl for a couple of months. And, uh, and she finally uh, said, yeah, I'll, I, would, I would enjoy spending an evening with you. And he was over the top. And, uh, but then... <laughs> She said, I'll plan the date. And he said, well, that's wonderful. Well, she took him to church. And he already goes to church on the weekend. And so she took him to, and it wasn't just church. It was an all-night prayer meeting that her and her friends were putting on. And he was like, okay, so we're going to do this, and then we're going to go out. And she goes, oh, no, no, this is it. We're going to be here till tomorrow. We're, our first date, we're spending the night together. But that was not exactly what he thought it meant. Uh, but in her mind, what a great way for us to see if our souls connect by connecting our souls uh, with the Lord Jesus. And uh, so anyway, we'll see how that goes for them. Um. <laughs> uh, recently, as I was studying scripture, it occurred to me that people actually don't um, have souls. We, we don't have souls. We are souls. And that's a big difference between having something and being something. I used to think of my soul as being kind of separate from my body. Like my body was kind of the container of, uh, of my soul. And, and, and this, my soul was kind of like a, the ghost of me that wasn't really going to get out of this container until um, I die. And part of, that's partially true. Uh, when my body dies, my soul lives on. The soul never experiences uh, death. And it lives on until it's joined with my heavenly body, which will be uh, more like Jesus's body in its capabilities. Um, it's true. All of us die and all of us, our soul will live on. And for anyone listening, if you're 25 years or, or older, you're already dying, which is a wonderful thought. You've already begun what's hopefully a slow decline, and you can delay death by taking care of yourself, and you should, but at the end, the result is the same for all of us, as is aging, uh, and I have found aging to be a shocking process, uh, because I still feel young, but then I walk by and I glance over at a mirror that I didn't know it was there, so I couldn't prepare myself, and I'm like... There's my dad. He's really getting fat. And, you know, I'm just like, eh. Uh, I tell Bryn, I see her. I go, you look great. And I feel so sorry for you. You have to look at me. Uh, when did I get old? 
you know, when did my forehead stop producing hair? And when did it start growing out of my ears? And when did I start making that noise when I sit down and when I get up? And, um, <laughs> it's not, I was reading, Mickey Mantle always expected to die young. He would tell people, I'm not going to live to be old. But then he turned 60, and on his 60th birthday, his famous quote is, if I had known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. And sometimes I feel that way as well. So the Apostle Paul talked about this body-soul process when he said, outwardly, we are wasting away. Outwardly, we're wasting away. And I picture him in that prison cell writing this letter to the Corinthian Christians. And prison cell, not a really healthy place for a middle-aged man to to be, and uh, he's, I just, I just kind of picture him writing and then looking at his hands and going, oh man, outwardly. I mean, look at your hands. Those of us that are older, look at your hands. What is that? Outwardly, we're wasting away. But then Paul flips that. He says, but inwardly, inwardly, we're being renewed day by day. As our body deteriorates for the believer in Christ, your soul can thrive, and aging can become a gift instead of a curse because if, if we allow the years to educate our souls and we put energy into soul care, next thing you know, we really are thriving and uh, enjoying this stage in our life. Uh, Moses wrote a psalm from this stage in his life when he says, well, our lives last um, 70 years, you know, 80 if you're lucky. The years pass quickly, and then we fly away, he said. Then he prays, Lord, teach us to, to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. What a beautiful prayer. Boy, put that one on your mirror, uh, those of us that are getting even a little bit older. Lord, uh, while I'm getting ready for work, teach me to number this day as one of my days and to do that in a way that... Uh, I'm developing wisdom in my heart today. Uh, if we're smart as our bodies age and we do soul work, uh, uh, we are exercising that part of us that isn't dying, which is such a wonderful thought because loving him with my soul means loving him with the eternal part of me. Uh, uh, I'm living in the temporary, but I'm, I can see things, glimpses with an eternal uh, mindset. The soul is the infinite lens uh, through which we, we view what will soon uh, pass away. To love God with my soul means, in the, means that I'm tuning in to a more eternal frequency. Now, when I was in fourth grade, um, my dad got me a birthday present, which was rare. Usually my mom picked up the birthday presents. My dad would sit there like he knew what was in the packages, but he didn't know. And it was fine because my mom was in a lot of, she was in communication with me. She knew what I would like to have for my birthday. So I usually got pretty much, um, if it wasn't too expensive, the things I wanted for my birthday. But my dad, the fourth grade, he buys me a present. You can tell he's really excited about giving me this present. And my mom even said, well, your dad got you this one. And she looked at me like, hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks, dad. So I opened up this present, and sure enough, it was a huge disappointment. I was just like, what is this? Well, it was a kit that I, I found out he and I are going to put this kit together as a father-son project. 
I'm like, all right, what is it? And he said, you can't tell what it is, read the label. And I'm like, shortwave radio. Why would I want that? I already have a transistor, I am transistor. He goes, oh, no, 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 it's nothing like that piece of crap radio you listen to all the time. This thing, this is nice. We're gonna put this thing together. I had no idea even what it was, but I, just, I thought, well, it'll be fun. So on my birthday, we started in, and we're in my bedroom, and I had a little desk and whatever, and we're on my, at my desk, and we got the soldering gun, and we're doing all this, and there's all this uh, copper wire, and then he's, and I, I was just spooling, spooling. He goes, oh, no, 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 don't spool all of it. He goes, we're gonna stretch this around your room. And I'm like, why? He goes, it's the antenna. And I'm like, okay. And so we got the whole thing set up, got the, and we finished the instructions, closed it. He goes, all right, let's give it a try. And we turned the on button, and it comes on, and you could hear like screeching and static. There's, spe- there's headphones, and there was only one headphone, so my dad and I are, you know, and, uh, and, uh, after a little while, then you, you, I heard a voice. Someone was talking, but not in English. And I'm like, what is that? And he goes, that's a broadcast from like Mexico or Peru or something. I don't know. And then we, we changed the more, and, and there's more Spanish, but now it's a soccer game. And you could tell it's a soccer game because the guy's all, go! <laughs> you know, and I'm like, there's a soccer game going on somewhere in South America. And for a fourth grader, Living in the 1960s, that was a pretty cool thing. This is way pre-internet to think that I'm connected. And, and, and so my friend Brian came over and, and, and he, I remember that one Friday night, we stayed up almost all night because at nighttime, there was something about the radio signals that it got stronger and more clear. And I remember us tuning in uh, Russian, uh, some Asian language. I don't know what it was but just going, that is like across the Pacific. And I was very, very aware of, and so uh, I ended up bringing, my family had a little globe, uh, some of the tchotchkes that my parents had been given by missionaries, and I, I stole that globe, and I brought it in on my desk, and I would go around, and then whenever I hear, would hear something, I would look at it and go, I think that's coming from right here. And we heard from Australia. We heard uh, chatter between ships at sea, that we're on, and it was just these waves that are out there that we were tuning into. So I thought about that in regards to this thing of my soul turning into, tuning into uh, to, 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 to God's soul. Loving God with my soul is like having shortwave radio versus loving God with my mind is like AM radio, uh, where intellectually I'm actually picking up on a lot with my mind, but it's just more mysterious and more wonderful to, to go to that that greater frequency. And sometimes when I'm connecting with God, I don't completely understand even what is being said. But I have this feeling that I'm listening to heaven and I'm listening to, from heaven, uh, things that I need, I, I, I need to hear. And, and that helps me love God at a soul level. This is what I'm, I'm talking about by doing soul work. You, you know, to do mind work is to pray meaningful prayers and to go through life. But to do soul work is sometimes just to sit with the awe of how wonderful the Lord is uh, and, and how mysterious it is that he loves us and that how, how crazy it is that he has this need, so to speak, for us to love him back from our, uh, our souls. So let me talk to those of you that are a little bit younger. 
Um, those of you that are younger, uh, it's really cool. It'd be great if you do have a good relationship with your parent or your grandparent or an uncle or someone here at church. And it's that person that um, you, they, do their, they do their soul work. And, you know, it's, 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 it's that, that, that uh, woman who's, uh, who's very comfortable in her age, and, uh, but uh, she's close to the Lord. And you like being around her because being around her, you feel closer to the Lord. And she likes being around you too. And, or it's that man that you just, you feel safe around him. And uh, he, he just, all the relatives of all ages really like him. Or, uh, or maybe that's a guy here at church that you just really look forward to, to being around because he's, he's really, he's that guy that has nothing to prove anymore, but he just has so much to offer uh, in regards to his soul connecting with God and, and, and also helping you connect with God uh, at that level. And I think this is such a good reminder then for those of us that are older to be that person in people's lives. Uh, the younger ones are depending on us to have something meaningful to say to them or meaningful to demonstrate uh, for them. When I'm with a younger person, it's my responsibility to successfully call out those things in them that need to be drawn out so that they can uh, be healthy as they uh, mature. And one of the things that you can call out is just to live a life where you love the Lord with all of your your, your soul, to work on your souls intentionally, purposefully, uh, so that we have something to offer the next generation. Now, Jen, uh, Brent and I, we invested in the next generation um, uh, in many ways, but the primary way was just by having three sons. And that seems like a lifetime ago. The boys are men now. But I remember when the boys were boys, Brenda especially would say, See, you know, she wouldn't say it this way, but she would influence me to be a little more intentional developing their souls and not just plop down in front of the TV and watch the game and try to get them to uh, enjoy the game as much as I did or, or whatever, to, 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 to get out in the backyard or to get out into uh, on, on some kind of a short camping trip or something where the kids could do more than just uh, play Oregon Trail on that little uh, uh, Apple computer that, that, that we had got. And I, I, I look at your generation and all of the screens that are available to your children. And I think those screens can be great, but I think they can also uh, really be soul-draining. Um, and uh, I, I, I think those shows can be helpful. Uh, and some of them are educational and helpful. I think they can even just be helpful for maybe 15 minutes of baby- babysitting because your kids are driving you nuts. But hours and hours of that, you, you'd have a hard time convincing me that watching that same movie over and over and over again is doing anything for that child's soul. Uh, and uh, so when you can, pull them away from the screens and get them playing in a way that requires imagination. And school has started now, so that makes it even harder, especially if you have one of those lazy teachers who sends home hours of homework every night. That is the most ridiculous thing. You should be protesting to the school every day. If that teacher can't teach that kid seven hours a day, then that's her problem. That's not your family's problem at night when you're trying to have family time. And that poor kid is up till 11 or 12 o'clock at night trying to please that teacher. Um, get in there and make it so annoying for that teacher that they change their policies. But that's a different sermon. So for some of us, 
oh, okay, good. I'm going to get some emails. I'm that lazy teacher, blah, 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 and I'm going to go, homework sucks, knock it off. So, uh, seriously, schoolwork is schoolwork, home is home. Anyway, okay, I'm sorry. So for some of us, it means the weekend. And when the weekend comes, I encourage you, try to get outside, even if getting outside just means getting to your own uh, uh, backyard. Uh, some of you have, have little campfires in your backyard. And that's cool, because then your backyard becomes like a little camping experience. I've seen some of you, you have tents up in your backyard and teepees and stuff. That's the best. That is what I'm talking about, feeding that kid's soul. And maybe if you play the guitar, get that guitar out or get your music out. Maybe the weekend is a time for your music to play and for the kids to enter into this kinds of stuff that feeds your soul. Uh, you know, my mom did this, especially at Christmas time. Uh, and I don't think she did it for us. I think she did it for herself. But my mom was really one. You could tell Thanksgiving was over because the hi-fi would be blasting with my mom's Christmas music. And she wasn't into, you know, thumpity thump thump or Frosty or, or uh, a reindeer finally getting approval from the other reindeers. She could care less about that kind of music. That was stupid. But Carol of the Bells and Handel's Messiah by the London Philharmonic, um, I, my mom would just be up there making Christmas cookies and just singing, you know, and, 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 and that fed her soul. And you know what? Feeds my soul too. And to this day, that's my uh, Christmas music that I actually share um, with my family. Which brings up an interesting question. Do you know what feeds your soul? I don't think we talk about this enough in church. Uh, I'm talking about non-church activities. I haven't talked about church much, have I? Do you know what just already feeds? There's things that already feed your soul, and if you're aware of them, you'll do them more. What activity or lack of activity uh, replenishes you? Is it a good book and a quiet house, or is it the opposite? A house full of people and lots of stimulating conversation and, and, and laughter? Is it eating great food, or is it preparing the food? and watching other people enjoy it. You know, that's, that's just a great thought. Um, is, your, is, your soul, what, is your soul fed by a good movie, a long walk, worship? You know, a sermon feeds your mind. Worship feeds your soul. That's why we need both. And around here, we're not extremely creative. We, it's basically singing. Um, but some of you say, well, I don't like to sing. So you show up late or you slip out as just you know, when the sermon's over. And I think you need to maybe not do that anymore because your soul actually needs to be fed more than you, more than you, more than you think. And, and same with getting out of town. Uh, if you were going to travel and, you, and money wasn't the issue, but you, the trip was specifically designed to replenish your soul, what would that trip look like? I mean, would you go to the mountains? Would you go to New York City? And uh, would, you, would you go to a beach? It's important to know what feeds your soul so that you will feed your soul. It's also important to know what drains your soul so that you can, you know, that, this certain type of person, this certain type of meeting, this certain type of activity. You know, I always file my extension to do my taxes because I just hate doing my taxes. 
And it takes, it just, it doesn't take that many hours, but I just put it off and put it, why? Because it just drains me. <sighs> so if you know the type of experiences that drain you, you can circumvent that before and after by making sure that you, uh, you feed your soul. So that when God says, I want you to love me with your soul, you actually have some stuff. You've, you've, you've exercised your soul so that that soul has energy for God. And, uh, you know, sometimes we don't have energy for God. Uh, and so we do the very worst thing at that point is we avoid him. We don't have energy to be at church. We don't have energy to go to our community group. We just don't have energy to read our Bible or to be with God because something drained our energy. Um, but that's the worst time to avoid God because he's the one who likes to prepare the meal more than he likes to eat it. And so if you're feeling depleted, the best thing to do would be to go right toward God's soul food kitchen and just say, hey, load me up. Um, I want to be with you, but I got very little to offer right now. And you know what? He loves us so much that just the fact that we approached him like that actually meets that need of his. You actually are loving him with all your soul, even if you don't feel like you have a whole lot um, to offer him. You just, uh, you, just, you just went to him. One of the Bible authors uh, compared this to God picking you up off of the valley floor and hiding you in the cleft of the rock, away from predators, away from even you know, hot sun, where he can just, you know, you hide you there and you got this great view and you're up there and you're just up there uh, replenishing and resting. And rest is such an important word for Bay Area souls because I think our pace in the Bay Area is just too too much. I mean, the, the, the blessing of the Bay Area is we have so many options. But that's also the curse. And those of you that have FOMO, you know, and you see someone else is having a great time at some park that's an hour away, you load up the kids and go to that park, and you could have just had a good time at home, but you can't miss out, you can't miss out. Everyone's got season tickets at Disneyland. Get on the five. Get on the five. Drive us to Disneyland. Kids, have fun. We paid a lot of money for that. There's some family back home having a heck of a lot more fun than you, and they're just playing a board game at their own dining room table uh, and popping popcorn. Um, some of us never slow down, and we don't let our kids slow down either. We enroll them in everything because we're competing with the other parents, and uh, I think we can just get exhausted. And not just the way we, we play, but the way we work. I mean, the Bay Area is, you can, people move from all over the world to live the Bay Area because you, your career can just keep moving forward. But there's a price to pay with that too. You know, it could be that that great job turns out to be a very high stress job with a long commute and a boss that won't let up. And next thing you know, this dream life is, uh, you start dreaming of, well, what if we move to the Midwest? Or something. And you know, I've lived in the Midwest, so don't do it. But uh, no, do not. Do not. But I'm just saying. God didn't create us to, to run at full speed all the time. That's why He created Sabbath. Um, he commands us, well, invites us, but commands us to take Sabbath each week. Not because you work so hard, not because you deserve it, not because you got all your work done. No, just because you're obedient. 
and you've, you've learned that it really works to uh, throw rest into the mix uh, four or five times a month, like a whole day of rest. So let me ask you a question. Um, do you or do you not take Sabbath? Um, when was the last time that you slow played an entire day? Uh, that is a beautiful thought. And, uh, uh, and I would just say, how do you expect to love God with all your soul if you don't obey him about Sabbath and if, you, if your soul is always exhausted? So I think this week would be a great time to develop some fall habits uh, and uh, set aside time for Sabbath rest. As the vineyards uh, start to turn color, get out there in the vineyards and just, you know, walk, walk probably around the perimeter of them because the owners don't get really excited about you going through them, but get a great view uh, uh, wherever you are in the Bay Area or get up on the ridge. There's nobody up there. Or go to the beach. Oh, my word. The beach in the fall. The best, and nobody's there. And uh, uh, take my soul to a beach any, uh, any day. You know, before I lived in California, I thought everybody in California went to the beach like once a week at least. And then I moved to California, and I'm like, there's people who live in Livermore that haven't been to the beach for like 10 years. And it's like, you know, it's like an hour away, right? Uh, the amount of time that you spend getting home, unwinding, having a glass of wine, another glass of wine, uh, and watching whatever, you could have driven to the beach, and you could have had just even an evening on the beach and driven, driven home, and uh, wow, that, that could be just, just the best. So Sabbath is a command, but it's also invitation. And it's good that it's an invitation because, you know, when, when we're commanded to do anything, we're like, I ain't doing that. But if someone invites us, God is inviting us to rest. Uh, when Jesus says, love me with all your soul, he's basically saying, come rest with me and we'll enjoy uh, each other. Uh, there's a, there's a, uh, an author, Ruth Barton, who says it like this, being invited to return God's love means that someone's seeking me out Initiating an encounter leading to an intimate friendship. God's invitation is a winsome one, but not one to be taken for granted because it comes from his very heart. Uh, it warrants serious consideration because it opens up a journey into something we've been longing for all of our lives. Wow, that's really cool, isn't it? Did I put you to sleep? Oh, okay, you're so relaxed. All right, let's shift gears. Let's think about this. Uh, when God created you, he created an individual. You're a snowflake, you were taught as a kid. Uh, on the day you were born, 360,000 other souls were born. There are 360,000 people that share your exact birthday on planet Earth. But that's about the only thing you have in common. For the most part, you're different than those People. So it makes sense that how your soul will express love to God is different than how someone else will express their love to God. Now, the sad thing about churches, we're not that creative in our suggested soul um, expressions. Uh, everyone is kind of treated the same. We got to get more creative in church, but until we do, uh, uh, coach yourself to make regular and real soul connections with God. Uh, uh, just experiment. 
Uh, figure out what feeds your soul and then do that with God. If great music feeds your soul, then listen to that music while communing with God. If you like to dance, uh, then dance with God, for God. Uh, if, you, if a sunset takes you to your happy place, talk to God about it. He's the one that created it. He's the painter. The painter's right there and wants to commune with your soul. So just, you know, even if to, just to say uh, thank you or to talk to him about it. Whatever you do. And that's what the Bible authors say. Whatever you do, do everything to the glory of God. So this is what... Uh, compelled uh, Steph Curry to write a scripture verse on his shoe. Uh, it was that he was doing it for God's glory. He, could, he, he wrote, I can do all things. Uh, and, he, and he means I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So honestly, I think when he shoots that three-pointer, which is such a beautiful thing to watch, uh, I'm not sure he's doing it for you. I think he's doing it for himself. And I think, he's, I think because I know he knows the Lord, he's doing it for the Lord. And I think God goes to those games and enjoys watching him just cross that half point line and just without even, I mean, how does he do that? But you know what? You're the same. You have things that you do that other people say, how does she do that? And that's your soul expressing itself in your own unique way. Now you got to do is figure out how to connect that with a communication with God. And you're well on your way then to loving the Lord your God with all your soul. I say get to know your own soul better so that you can worship God better. As if you're saying, thank you God for making me this way. Now let's do this together. This is me being me. And when you connect with you, you're connecting with your you-iness. And that you-iness connecting with him is worship. And that's our souls, loving him with all our heart. And you're different than everyone else. Like God said to the prophet Samuel when he went to select the king at Jesse's house, God warned him. He said, now Jesse's got some really good-looking sons, and you're going to want to anoint Adonijah the king, but that's not who I picked. I'll let you know who it is, but it won't be who you think it is. Because why? Because people look at outward appearances. But God, God looks at the heart. When God sees you, he sees not what other people see. He sees your soul. He looks right past what everyone else sees. And, and, and he sees you, and he wants you to see you too. He wants you to appreciate you too. Unfortunately, so many of us are too busy trying to be someone else. And it's really insulting to God when we do that. He doesn't feel loved when we don't appreciate how he's made us different and not same. In order to love the Lord with all your soul, you have to be refreshingly honest with yourself about who you really are and then learn to worship God out of that context. Um, It just makes sense that if God sees through appearances, that you will see through appearances as well. And no one really is all that they appear to be anyway. And at the end of the day, it's not appearances that matter anyway. It's the reality that matters. So I say, you be you. And then let God take that you as his gift and develop you as he develops your soul. Uh, And that way, his soul and your soul connect, and he feels loved like he wants to be loved. 
Now about that phrase, you be you, that thing is taken to a level of narcissism in our society that's really nutty. You be you, but you're still not that great, so just get over yourself. Um, you be you to the extent that you can connect the real you with, with others and connect the real you with God and to actually have the impact that you're, that you're called to have uh, in, in, in the world. Uh, to love God with all your soul is you being you in his presence and, uh, and enjoying uh, him at, at that soul level. All right, one last thought, and then let's go out and live our day. Um, the thought is, 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 is this. Our, our souls are, are developed more by storms than, than by sunsets. It's pain that digs the well. And it's the well that you later will draw from, the depth of who you've become because of suffering. Um, I mentioned soul music earlier and soul food earlier. Both of these things came out of suffering. And now we really enjoy them. We're like, oh, this is really great. But uh, soul food, that came from the plantation. That's just taking the worst cut of meat that the master doesn't want taking the scraps from the table and taking them home to your little cabin where someone else has already got a pot bubbling full of the green bitter vegetables that the master didn't want to eat. But then you knew how to take spices and cornmeal and, 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 and flour and, and, and things that you had ground yourself, but things that the master allowed you to have because, you know, slaves got to eat. And the, the master had no idea the feasts you were having in those little cabins and the, 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 the soul-filling, soul-replenishing that was taking place uh, among those slaves. That's soul food. Soul music, that comes out of the pain of the African-American experience in the early 1900s in America. So it's, it's great now, but the, the well that had to be dug in order for that music to be great and to call out, as the Bible says, deep calls to deep, that's what soul music does. It calls to a part of you that feels like, whoa, let's sit down and listen to the long play of this song. And uh, so I just say this, those of you that are suffering, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I wish you weren't. And we'll pray that God relieves you of that suffering soon, but until he does... Maybe you can take some consolation anyway that this is digging a well uh, that, would, that wouldn't have been dug otherwise in you that later you and others will, will draw from. Uh, and, uh, and as you're suffering, I encourage you, don't just crawl into your cave. Um, call out to God and let him commune with you. Uh, you know, Jesus suffered. And uh, even before he was on the cross, he said, my soul is already in deep agony. And uh, one of the reasons that he suffered like that was so that we can know that he's there to connect with us in that. There's nothing like when you're in pain for someone who's never been in pain to give you some consoling words of encouragement. You feel like punching them in the face. But for God to encourage you in suffering, he has a right to do that because he has suffered so that when we suffer, we can cry out to him for help. So let's do that now, those of us that are hurting. And um, let's ask for help. Father, we come to you now with our souls. 
And some of us are doing great. And that's wonderful. We, don't feel, we shouldn't feel the least bit guilty about that. This is a good time in our lives. Our hearts are soaring. But then there's the rest of us who are really going through it. Physically, emotionally, financially, relationally, mentally. We've even hidden lately how much we're falling apart because we just don't want people to know that we're falling apart. Lord, help us to not be so prideful and help us to find people who know what to do with those kind of realities. But Lord, even if we can't find anyone else, help us to find you in those moments of pain and say, God, my soul cries out to you. Or like the psalmist said, where have you been all day? Why are you letting me go through this? Why are my enemies successful against me? Why haven't you answered me? God, I believe even those statements are us loving you from our souls because it means we trust you enough to talk to you like that. Father, I pray for anyone who's listening, whose soul is aching today. Meet them at that place. For the rest of us, help us to feed our souls this week. Help us to find those moments a few hours here, a few hours there, and then a whole Sabbath soon where we allow our souls to connect with your soul and with the souls of the people we love. Go with us now on this Sabbath day, we pray. And all God's people said,